0: Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good in our world. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom.
1: Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom.
0: And joining us today is Josh Kreteski. How are you doing, Josh? Very well, thank you. How are you? Well, I'm all good. Thank you. Well, and congratulations to you. we have just been announced, I mean, an hour ago that you are the brand new global COO, as well as keeping your Mediacom EMEA. CEO role which you only took over in September last year yeah Yeah. so big congratulations thank you very much thank you so your focus as global CEO will be working with Nick on delivering the ambitious plans for our cross-company integration with WPP as well as Group M and then driving the networks proposition so big stuff yeah Um, I'm really excited um, before we start I just wanted to give a bit of pod history here the reason the pod started many many moons ago the origin was, story the origin story was um when josh you when you got made it was announced that you were going to take over from karen as uk ceo i went into sue's office and i went well i don't know josh uh i did swear i said how the fuck can josh lead me if i don't know who he is if he doesn't know who i am if if we don't know who he is how can he lead us he can manage us and Sue and i said let's do a podcast i do a, a football one um we've got a good relationship too, so let, let's do it and that's why this football podcast is a lot more swearing in it hasn't it uh it's not as bad now we've got anyway um <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, very first podcast then
1: You yeah we love your you're one of our favorite guests we love to have you back on oh, wow. um, I'm and happy. delighted to have you back on as as maybe your first meeting as global uh ceo you
2: no know it actually yes. is
1: yeah,
2: yeah, we are yeah.
1: First conversation. thrilled. Yeah. Thrilled by that. Um, now, a lot's happened in the last year. When, when did you move out of the UK? About a year ago.
2: September last year. Yeah. So coming yeah. up to about up a year ago. A year,
1: yeah. None yeah. of it, I guess, has gone to plan. How's, how's the last twelve months been for you, Josh?
2: I mean, it's been it's been very mixed, if I'm honest. Yeah. It's been as it probably has been for most people. It started really well, um, and um, you know, I set out, I, pretty soon after I started, I invited all our local market CEOs to Budapest, where I did a, a sort of mini conference, where I set out my vision for the region, um, for EMEA, um, which was not dissimilar from my vision for MediaCom UK, which was to be the best agency in the world. And that was kind of the same for Amir. I set out, I want us to be, you know, number one, not just in terms of size, but in terms of, you know, quality of products, work for clients, the way that we retain our very best people, uh, all our people and look after our people um, and, uh, you know, business performance. And and I think that's very close to what Nick's vision is globally now for, for the agency. So, so, you know, that all went really well. It was brilliant to connect with the CEOs. We've got 37 offices in EMEA and to, and to really get to know all of them and for them to connect, connect with each other. So that was all great and it was brilliant. And then, bang, beginning of this year, COVID surprised us all. And I think, you know, it's brought with it good things and bad things. Um, and um, I suppose I'll start with the bad The bad elements to it. I think it was, you know, people died, um, which has been awful. Um, And I think that, you know, I don't think we should ever forget that. Um, People have lost their jobs. Um, I think we all feel an element of uncertainty, uh, which causes anxiety and I worry about people and particularly about people's mental health. Um, Our people at Mediacom have had to dig deep and and often work longer hours than normal. Uh, You know, I I really, so this is sounding really negative. I'll get to some positives in a minute. I really miss people. I really miss seeing people. I love coming to the office at MediaCom. I've always said, you know, when even when times are really, really, really tough and stressful with work, which they can be. I always love coming into the to the building and and seeing people. And and I've really missed that like, desperately. Um, And I think as a leadership team through Covid, we've had to make decisions in unprecedented times. And. By and large, I think they've been the right decisions, uh, but we don't make them lightly uh, and it takes its toll. So I think all of that has been tough mm. this year. I think for, on the positive side, because there have been positives, um, our client relationships feel stronger than they ever have been. Uh, and we've been able to demonstrate how important we are to our clients at this time. Uh, and, and I think that our scale, not just as an agency, but also as a group has been a real differentiator for us actually. And I think that our clients are really feeling that. You know in terms of the flexibility we've been able to give them, um, the support, the kind of safety, all of that stuff, I think is really important for clients. So, I think they've really appreciated that. Um, actually, bizarrely, I've been, been able to connect with people m- more, so I've been able to connect with more people more regularly through technology um, than, than I could before. And I think so of our local leaders. So if you look at the UK, I mean, Kate has been doing these brilliant town halls where she's been communicating really well with people, but also in a way that you just can't in person because you can't, in the UK office, you can't fit more than 100 people in the biggest room that we've got. So suddenly there's that ability to speak to everybody and, and it's become, it's become normalised and I think that's a really good thing and I think that will continue forever. Um, another thing that I think is now for, you know for, uh, is here to stay is flexible working which is something that I've been banging a drum about ever yeah. since I started as the UK CEO um, and I feel it's more you know I've always felt people should be able to work where they want the hours they want as long as they deliver the, you know the KPIs that we set out for them And I think that you know, we will do that and that is gonna be the new normal now and I think I mean that,
1: I mean you kept saying it and leadership team kept saying it but it didn't land. Yeah. I think suddenly was, we're all doing it.
2: Yeah, I think it I think it landed in some pockets and not in others. I mean the thing that I, I've always felt very strongly that flexible working is really important for us now because technology is everywhere and we we, we can't escape it but also I always kind of bang the drum of I don't want people emailing each other after seven o'clock at night or in the weekends because my personal experience is that I struggle to sleep when I'm email when I'm when I'm reading emails late at night and so I'm sure other people do as well I think it's really important that we that we have time to switch off and that we're able to particularly when we're working from home because it's it all you know merges into one and so I think you know, I think it's very important that we are working flexibly moving forward. We still use our office and so we use it brilliant. We make our office an incredibly attractive place for people to want to spend their time, both at Mediacom and also at Group M, I think as well, and in WPP. Um, but I think, you know, I think that's quite an exciting future for us when things settle down. Um, I think the conversation around mental health has become more widespread and I'm seeing more leaders speaking up. So I think that's been really positive. Um, and I think the conversation around racism, Black Lives Matter, uh, the training we're now doing here at MediCom around microaggressions are all really positive cultural steps for us as an agency. Um, and then I think probably last but not least, our business is strong. So although our you know although our numbers are um, backwards on last year, which is what everybody's numbers are, because that's what you'd expect at a time like this. Our underlying business is really strong. We've got the best people in the industry. We've got a truly unique and inclusive people first culture that genuinely is unique, I feel. And this is going to put us a really strong position for the future. So that's kind of my year. I mean, that's so far, The year's not over, but it's been there's been a lot going on, both positive and negative.
0: Oh, interesting. I, I mean, how different is the EMEA CEO role to what you expected it to be?
2: Well I've worked in regional and global roles before, so it wasn't like totally different from what I expected but it's very different from um, it's very different from running a a local office because when you're running a local office you have absolute kind of control not absolute control because you, you know you're doing it with a team of brilliant people but but y- you know you're you're ultimately You've got your hands on the tiller and you're affecting change, whereas when you're in a regional management role, you're influencing change. And so, I don't know, it's just a bit, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just different. I mean, I can go, I can sort of explain in a bit more detail the difference between going from UK role to multi-multi market role. It's kind of in the UK. I think I underestimated how difficult it was going to be for me to disconnect from the UK and how, but actually how important, you know, I had to do that because it was an important thing to do with a new job. The new job is a very different job. Kate was Mm -hmm. speaking over from the UK, but the reality is I've really missed the people I worked with in MediaCom UK, you know, and I'd be lying if I, if I didn't say that. I I have. Um, uh, And um, I think the UK agency is just very special. Uh, and it's fun. Like Stephen Allen used to say to me, um, he'd often say to me, "So how are you enjoying the best job in media?" Like he'd always say that to me when I was the UK CEO. And and like I think I think it really is in many ways. I think it's it's a it's it's a highly stressful job because you're always a phone call away from a client telling you they're going to put the business up the pitch. And that happened loads when I was the UK CEO. Did. And and we and thankfully we won most of those pitches, so it was okay. For, it's quite, it's hard work and it's tough, but it's very, you know, you kind of, you have great camaraderie and, you know, you're all in it together and it's, it's, uh, and you're affecting change in every decision you make. Whereas when you move into a, um, into a regional role or into a global role it's much more about kind of trying to influence change and trying to you know ultimately i'm managing a group of very mature very capable ceos Mm. who know what they're doing so my job is actually about it's about um trying to coach them and and help them instinctively make the right or make you know strong decisions um and uh, I suppose um, using a football analogy, running Mediacom UK is like being Aubameyang, (laughs) centre-forward captain and being regional CEO is like being Arteta, a football manager who used to play and then he's like sort of managing but like sometimes really wants to get on the pitch and um, but yeah no so that, that's kind of it really it's sort of they are they very different jobs.
1: And, and can... so just to, to build on that, and, and just for just for those that are struggling with the football analogy, you mean someone who's on the pitch but also manager versus someone who's not meant to get on the pitch but is supposed to manage from the sides? Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but um, the other thing I guess is a cultural thing in that you grew up in the UK, um, so running the agency in the UK. Had, had a lot of instinctive shortcuts. How does, how does taking a global role on multiple markets, how does that play out? Did, is, that, is that a thing or is the Mediacom culture or a culture of media, the thing that overrides that?
2: Well, I mean, I think look, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say something that, you know, you might go, well, he would say this, or, you know, I've heard other people say this, but the reality is the Mediacom network globally people first better results resonates everywhere and is true everywhere you know it's not a it's not just a kind of a mantra we it's not something we just stick on the wall and get on with our business you know it lives deep into the culture of the business and I think that's been that's come from you know Steve drove it really hard there's been a real consistent um, leadership at at Mediacom uh, throughout the years and I think that Whilst much of the a lot of the leaders have come through from the UK and then have gone into global global roles, I think it rings true everywhere. And so I'm massively inspired, you know, let me be clear, although I miss the, the the people in the UK, I'm hugely inspired by the people I meet mm-hmm. in most markets, almost I'd say all all markets really. And I think, you know, we have um, not only do we have very talented people, we've just got lovely people. You know, we just have really lovely people working at MediaCom and and I love that. And I feel so privileged to work with so many people all over the place. And I'm inspired by the work. You know, I'm inspired by the work all the time and by and also by kind of the way that people some of the initiatives that people have internally in the business, particularly through COVID, the way that you know just really cool initiatives to keep people connected and like things that people have created like the whole teams or whole agencies have created for the leadership to say thank you for the way that they've supported them and I don't know I'm just I'm always I'm always blown away and surprised by some of the great things yes you know you do have a shortcut in the UK but I think uh, you know I feel very at home globally at Mediacom mm-hmm. and, and you know, I know a lot of people. Yeah, you have to remember, I, I started in a, in a mirror role at Mediacom before I went into the UK. So I know a lot of characters as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's I, I feel I just I feel very lucky. I've always had jobs that I've loved. And, and um, you know, Mediacom, they've been amazing. I've always, you know, I said to you, I've said to you, Sue, before, you know, my first day at Mediacom, I felt like I'd come home. You know, I genuinely felt like I'd come home 10 years ago. That was nearly. And, you um, you know, I sort of felt like, why haven't I always worked here? Yeah. I remember meeting you on the first day as well. And it's, you know, it's just, it's about the people, isn't it? And, and
0: I still feel that today. We're talking of the different characters and the different um, lines of responsibility. Can you give us a an insight into the upsides and the challenges of matrix management?
2: Yeah. Yes, what is I mean, it, first of all? Well, matrix, we, we work in a matrix, which is that, um, most big most big organizations do work in a matrix so so ultimately you have you know we're part of a group so some manage it so some um, some management responsibility sits with the with group M for example and some management responsibility sits within mediacom um, and the agencies so I think in group M has got there's no doubt group M locally has got more responsibility than it had before. So financial management responsibility sits with Group M locally now. So um, that means that uh, uh, it's really important that I'm close with Group M in local markets and have been, you know, in my in my EMEA capacity, but also in the, you know, my global COO capacity, that I'm, that I'm, I, I know all of the leaders of Group M that I can have a one to one conversation with. And I think fundamentally that there's trust Mm. Um, And that's, I think, a a challenge with with a a matrix. The good news is I am close to Group M um, and I trust Group M. And actually in the past year, I've seen great improvements in the local leaders that they've hired. So, um, you know, I've got uh, Demet, who is the mere CEO of Group M. I've got a brilliant partnership with. I get on very well with her. I trust her implicitly. I can talk to her about anything. Um, she's very supportive of mediacom very respectful of mediacom um and uh that's very helpful and it means that i can be really open and honest when i think things aren't good enough or i think we need to change things and she's very open to that uh, but equally i'm very you know i, I lean in i want to help i we' I, we're, we're I, a better a stronger group M is a stronger mm-hmm. media and and so we all need to lean in and make that make that um make that successful make the group successful everywhere you know in the uk i'm very close with karen obviously oh,
1: our
2: um, our our ex-boss our ex-boss and
1: for, our, our oh wife. still my boss <laughs> in a way <laughs> Yes.
2: Yeah. uh and so yeah exactly so karen has you know so you know kate works into both me and karen mm. um for example if you look at the uk and i you know i, I love karen i'm very uh, philosophically aligned with Karen and, I, and I'm aligned with what she's trying to do in the UK from a group perspective so I think that's very helpful um, but listen I don't always agree with everything that's going on in the group and I think that it's important that um, I always stand up for what I believe in and, and, and I suppose my role is to support Medicom, and make sure that Medicom, you know we're always doing the best by Medicom and our people and our clients and so if I feel that there is a tension there, or something that needs, you know, something that we need to fix, then I will, I will say so, and 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 we'll have that conversation. We'll have that challenge in the same way that, by the way, we do at MediaCom. And, and you know, I think at MediaCom, uh, in the leadership team, you know, if you look at the UK leadership team, you know, that team, that exco, they have arguments, you know, and they challenge each other, but they do so with love and empathy. And and that's how you move the business forward, and how that's you need that to drive a high performance culture.
1: Josh's brand new global COO, congratulations again. What's your promise to the people of media?
2: Um Well, listen, my promise as global COO has been the same promise as my promise always, and that is that I will always, um, I will always commit trying to bring the best of myself to all situations um i will always put medicom first uh, before myself uh and i will uh, do what's best for medicom's people and their clients as i said before you know that's
0: that's it really that's my promise
1: that's a great point and promise.
0: it is consistent and that's it's, it's,
1: it's very consistent motivating and it's uh not just words i can attribute to that Thank
0: you. So on to our regular questions. Now, Josh, you would have answered these maybe four years ago when we started the pod, but there's some new ones and we just wanted to see if there's any been, any that have been updated. So f- for the first question, what is your favourite line from a poem, a song or a book? <laughs>
2: well, to assume that I might read poetry is um, you've probably, probably got a better opinion of <laughs> me. Than I deserve. Um, I've just read a book, brilliant book, actually, I thought called I am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes, which is a thriller and a massive page turner. And um, there's a quote in that book, I'm probably going to get it wrong, but it's something like, if you want to be free, all you have to do is let go. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I think it's a Zen Buddhist, it originally came from some Zen Buddha, um, but love it and actually I keep reminding myself of it I keep saying it to myself yeah because I think like you know like everybody I get stressed I, I hold on to stuff I ruminate sometimes I overthink think things I regret things um, and I think that you know when I, when I say those words to myself I get my perspective back again and like I, I'm I feel free again so I think that was I love that quote I think that's that's quite cool that's very
1: cool okay if you're you're a genie. What five commonly available objects would I have to put in a magic circle to summon you?
2: I remember when you asked me this the first time I did a podcast with you, and I really didn't understand the question. Um, but I, 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 I think I do. Um, can uh, can? Well, I, I'll try. I I'll think I think I'll come up with some things, and you can tell me if they count or not. Uh, so
1: we're very strict on this question. So.
2: Okay. Ready salted crisps. Yeah.
1: Yes, definitely.
2: I, yep cannot stop eating ready sorted crisps I eat them every day high volumes um <laughs> I um there's nothing I love more than watching Thierry Henry's goals
1: okay yeah yeah
2: so I've got a DVD of his goals and whenever I watch him like sometimes they just appear on my feed like on my on the social media or whatever just like i don't know it's like someone knows how much i love him but, well, um, because
1: i mean we should say you've obviously had a good week because there was an fa cup yeah victory for your yeah, team yeah. as well that's yeah really. i had to
2: watch it with some chelsea fans who were friends yeah. of mine that we were staying with in suffolk and it was great to win but i didn't really get to celebrate as much as i'd right. like to because like, well, they weren't very happy and it sort of it would have ruined dinner but um yeah so that's
1: another celebration you need yeah, to store yeah, exactly.
2: up yeah. It, was great news. it was brilliant but yeah dvd i mean i literally sometimes i watch i watch series on these goals because <clears throat> I, I was I was, a CEO. i've obviously been a season ticket at arsenal for many, holder <clears throat> excuse me i've been a season ticket holder at arsenal for many years and obviously those were the glory years and mm-hmm. it just brings gives me goosebumps and just brings a tear to the eye when i watch the, the just the football that we used to play so I'd love, I love yeah,
1: that. The, you've, you've lost Andrew's sympathy now, but, but no, no, that's
2: through that's, gritted teeth yeah. with the, uh, the, the, one. the yeah. So I think yeah. that's number two. Um, number three. Can I have an app? Am I allowed an app or is that not included? Isn't that not allowed? If
1: it's yeah. easily available. Yeah. Spotify. Yeah. You can have Spotify.
2: Um, don't know where I'd be without that. Um, four. A cricket set. Oh, We've been. I love playing cricket with my kids and my my wife. It's fun. Um, God, I don't know. Between five and five would be either a wine cellar, (laughs) which which has gone down very well with the ready sorted crisps, yeah, um, or a Kindle, which I love as well.
1: Okay. Very good. You have to choose. You're going to have to choose between booze and books.
2: Um. I can't choose between booze and books. I'll take I'll take <laughs> booze and books instead of cricket.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, what three items in your house are giving you comfort right now and everything that's alive or assuming that you love everything that's alive in your house? I mean, we can say you've just got a puppy.
2: Well, no. Yeah. I mean, I love my little puppy. He's very cute. i But um, But my. Brother and sister-in-law bought myself and my wife a joint birthday present at the beginning of lockdown, which was a, a, a hammock made by the brand Fatboy. Oh! And total game changer. Uh, it sits in the garden. It's very, very nice. I'd highly recommend them. Um, so that's, uh, I think, probably the first item in the house. Uh, the second is our, we- uh, our Weber gas barbecue, which I, I cook i basically grill most days on the barbecue even if it's raining even if it's snowing honestly um so that's a really important oh. one and then i think a, a recent addition has been the backgammon board um yeah. which has been i've sort of um rediscovered my uh, my love for that which has been i lovely. used to
1: love that as a kid actually oh for, for, yeah. perhaps we'll perhaps we'll have a game of backgammon yeah, we should, we should <laughs> definitely um if you could change the industry in one way right now what would it be
2: Oh God. Well, I mean, I listen. I think. Sorry, you're probably looking for a really short one-word answer or something. But no,
1: no, no. You can you can you can go on as long as you like.
2: Okay. Well, look. I mean, I think I think that. You know what? I really love our industry. I really do, and I'm not just saying that because I'm in a good mood because I've just been promoted or because Arsenal just won the FA Cup. I'm saying it because I really do. I think that we've got such a it's. A, we're so lucky to work in this industry that is full of creativity, full of amazingly good people, you know, with good ethics and, um, you know, good, you know, people who who you know who are good fun and and I think there's a really collegiate atmosphere in our in our um, in our industry, as well as within our group and I think, you know, I I've, I've during lockdown done a few kind of virtual. Calls and conversations, or glasses of wine with you know friends of mine in the industry who are competitors, even or who are media owners, or who work in creative agencies, or who are clients. You know, and I include all of those people when I talk about our industry and say that you know we all we all we all want to do the same thing, which is brilliant work. You know, and we all care about the world, care about the planet, and care about humanity, and. You know, I think that, so I think, so I suppose I just want to say, I think we, We, you know, I, I don't think all industries have that. And I think that it's, uh, so I love it and I don't take it for granted. I think we're very lucky to have it. Um, I think that, you know, things that we can change, you know, there, I think, you know, there are things that when we at Mediacom, when we want to change something, we get behind it, we do it properly. It's not a box ticking exercise. We just do it properly. Yeah. So. You know we, we we started the journey with mental health allies um, in my time as CEO and that's really built momentum and I, I get so much joy seeing the work that the mental health allies do and we you know make no bones that is going to happen all over the world and um, um, I love that and I think that it's brilliant you know I talked about the stuff that you know the, the, the microaggressions trading that, that Kate has driven in the UK with Nancy and Avalon and Tom Curtis and the team and I think that, you know, and, and, you know, Karen started many years ago, a real focus on diversity and inclusion at Mediacom. And I think, you know, we've really, again, without patting ourselves on the back too much, I just think we've done it, you know, we've meaningfully got behind it and really, really p- pushed to make change. I suppose if you ask me what I'd like to see in the industry, I'd like to see that more across the yeah. a, the industry. Yeah, um, and bad. I think there is an intent to do so, Um I'm not sure that everyone always takes it as seriously as we do, um, and I don't want to sound worthy. And by the way, that's not—it's not fair to say no one does. I think there are pockets where people really are, and it's really yeah. good to see—you know—some of these conversations are really happening, and people are, you know, putting their money where their mouth is and committing properly. But I think I'd like our industry to really lead the charge on on, on important issues like like those. Um, and then I suppose the other thing I would say. You know running a media agency is that i think we really need to up our game on automation agility um offshoring um taking the manual menial tasks away from our brilliant people so they can focus on using their brains to to do great work for our clients you know because i think we're doing a disservice to our people if we don't and i think that we you know and, and by the way you know, guilty. I I, I take responsibility for that as as much as anybody else. I think we really need to change that.
0: Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers the question. Very fully. Yeah, really good. Um, if we were to give you a billboard, Josh, where would you put it and what would it say? (laughs) Um, you always
2: ask this question. (laughs) I I don't remember being asked that question before. (laughs)
0: Um,
2: uh, so I think that um, people um, people. so I'm really I'm going really slowly here. Um, so people talk about people's superpowers. I'm not sure about superpowers, but I think if I had a superpower, it would be my honesty. Like that's it, really. You know, I think I'm, you know I'm pretty honest. You, you get you, you get what you, you you see you see you see what you, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Um, and so I think my what i would say on a billboard would be um would be the the title of sue uniman's first book tell the truth and uh it would it would probably sit if it was any if it can't be if it's not if it's not you know a digital billboard that can appear all over the place and can only appear in one place i'd probably put it outside westminster
0: yeah very good Josh, the final question that you cannot prepare for we usually get it from the box that we have in Sue's office but as we are remote we are taking them from Proust's questionnaire so we've got 25 questions so if you could give me a number between 1 and 25
1: They're very i'll ask deep you the... these questions aren't they yeah, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> a, which which number was that 7 7 what do you consider the most overrated virtue <laughs> Um, oh that's a hard one isn't it so
2: think something that people think is brilliant but I don't think is that important
1: yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's
2: a really difficult question Um, uh, um, being a great orator
1: Huh. What What can you can you unpick?
2: Yeah I mean I think that sometimes people talk about people as all oh, this person such a he was such a great orator or she was such a you know you know they're a great um, storyteller or yeah I think that it's, it's a great virtue it is a great virtue but I think there are more important virtues mm-hmm. and I think that sometimes we over um, celebrate mm the more expressive types, um, mm. under-celebrate brilliant people, kind people, strong, brave people who aren't necessarily vocal people.
1: Oh, great note to end on.
0: That was really good, thank Josh. You. Congratulations again and thank great, you for as your time. To speak to you. Thank you very much, lovely to speak to you both.